Well, welcome back to another episode of Make Your Mind Your Best Ally. And I have my friend and guest, Dr. Caitlin Prickett, again with us. And today we're talking about heat. Yes. Temperatures are going crazy, especially in Florida where we live. It's like we almost don't want to go out. <laughs> I know. And and there's so many safety things that go along with that, too, which we'll discuss today. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to, to talk to you, because I've had a few friends that have gone through like really bad episodes of, I guess you would call it heat stroke because they got taken to the hospital and they're not the same person anymore. No. And, you know, the, the idea behind this, this podcast today is to really like make you guys think seriously about when you start feeling the effects of heat stroke and, you know, dehydration and all that. So stick to the end because this is going to be super interesting. Yes. So my first question Um, let's, let's define the, the different types. Like let's, let's start with dehydration and then heat exhaustion, heat stroke. How does it go? Definitely. So the, the most basic one is going to be dehydration. That's okay. basically a decrease in volume in your body. Mm -hmm. So you have lack of water, lack of fluids. Okay. And so this is essentially from maybe sweating too much by being exposed to a lot of heat. And so you have a depletion in volume. Okay. So basic symptoms are ones we, we know. You're going to get thirsty. You may get a little nausea. Mm -hmm. You may get uh, a little feeling like you have less energy. And this is easy to fix with, with hydration. Okay. But when you're really dehydrated, plus you're exposed to heat, Hmm. So a lot of heat outdoors or a lot of physical activity that can lead to something called heat exhaustion. Now, heat exhaustion yeah. is where you have an increase in your core body temperature with some associated symptoms that are okay. a little bit more concerning. Things like nausea, hmm. dizziness. You may notice that you're sweating a lot more than usual. Yep. So excessive mm -hmm sweating more than just your typical sweating. Mm -hmm. And so this is something to be concerned about and that you should take action. So if you're noticing you're feeling some effects that you're just, you're feeling a little off. Different. Yeah. Different. Listen to your body. It will tell <laughs> yeah. you. Then sit down, have some water, maybe, you know, sit in a cooler area. So these are, this is when you know something's going on. Heat yeah. exhaustion, the person can recognize it. Heat stroke is the most severe heat illness. Heat stroke can be fatal. Yeah. Heat stroke is when you have an elevation in core body temperature. And these are really high. This is about 40 degrees Celsius, which is 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Or higher. So you're like higher you have a fever, basically. And so you have this elevation, but you have delirium. You have confusion. You may confusion to where you're not realizing you're confused. Like you're very altered. You can even pass out or become yeah, unconscious. Yeah. And this is something that not only personally you need to be aware of, but be aware of it with others too. Yeah. Because you can tell if a person is not acting right, mm -hmm. they're acting confused or delirious, then that's an impending heat stroke. Wow. And they need to be cooled down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And 911 needs to be called uh -huh. because interventions that you and I can do are not going to be enough to cool the body down fast enough. You need, you know, the ambulance to come, EMT, mm. take them to the hospital. And we can get into that treatment yeah. a little bit later. But it's really dehydration is easy to fix. Just mm -hmm. drinking water. Heat exhaustion is 
being in heat and having some of these symptoms like nausea, not feeling mm-hmm. right. And then heat stroke is the most mm-hmm. severe. And typically it's other people recognizing it. You're not going yeah. to say, oh goodness, I'm having a heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah. It's someone else, a coach, a teammate, a friend recognizing yep. this person isn't acting right and, and acting mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. And I I am guilty of that. Guilty of thinking, oh my God, I can push it a little bit longer. But knowing that there's something wrong, there's something different about me. I'm breathing differently. Um, I'm sweating differently. I have chills. At that point, I would say, you know, would you say just quit, you know, get yes. out? Because yes. it's, 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 I'm sure it's very easy to go from heat exhaustion to heat stroke. And with heat stroke, you're starting to have some organ damage if it's oh not God. treated pretty quickly. You can even have, you can even stop sweating when you're going through a heat stroke because your body is not able, at that point, your body's not able to cool itself down. And so it starts shutting down. It starts to preserve just those core functions Mm -hmm. that your body needs to survive, meaning your heart and your lungs. And that's why you may pass out because your brain can take a break because your heart, your body needs to focus on your heart pumping. The central circulation has to keep going. And that's why you may stop sweating. You may become unconscious because your body's trying to preserve itself. That's so amazing. Yeah. How the body says, okay, we don't need this. We're going to keep that working. Yes. Incredible. Wow. Okay. So let's see. Let's talk about the consequences of going through the the three issues. And let's, 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 you know, dehydration Let's, let's do all three of them. Sure. So a dehydration, of course, is a decrease in volume um, in the circulatory system. Mm-hmm. So the circulatory system is your body circuit for blood flow. It's how your brain is perfused. All of your organs are perfused. Every single part of our body needs oxygen, and it gets that oxygen by receiving blood. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have enough volume, not enough fluid to get throughout the body, uh, you're going to start to, to see some of those oxygen. effects. And that's why the first stimulus your body says is increasing thirst. You become thirsty. Yeah. You may notice your mouth is dry. You may notice that your skin looks a little less plump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can actually sometimes like in the hospital, we'll pinch somebody's like hand and see if the if the skin goes back down to normal or mm-hmm. not. If it stays up and pinched, that could mean dehydration. Oh, wow. We also look at like capillary beds. You can squeeze somebody's fingernail and see if the pinkness comes back. Okay. If it doesn't, that can be a sign that you're having some volume depletion mm-hmm. in the body. And so with dehydration, it's going, it can start to affect things like your kidneys. You can see dehydration in, in labs and blood work. So your wow. electrolytes may be off, your yeah. kidneys may be starting to show a little bit of damage. Mm-hmm. Hmm. There's even a severe case of patients who are exercising a lot and not drinking enough yep. fluid, and they get something called rhabdomyolysis, rhabdo for short. Mm-hmm. That's basically where you're having dehydration and muscle breakdown, and this molecule called myoglobin is released into the bloodstream, and it's very destructive to the kidneys. And so it'll actually oh cause God. kidney damage, can cause kidney failure. You'll see dark urine. You'll feel maybe nauseated. Okay. And so that is actually a very serious medical condition where you need a lot of IV fluid resuscitation. Huh. You have to be hospitalized. Sometimes patients have to be on dialysis. So that's the most extreme case of, of dehydration. Wow. But it can happen. And so that's why in the hospital, 
most everyone gets IV fluids. Hmm. If you've ever been admitted to the hospital, mm-hmm. unless you're having like a fluid overload issue like heart failure where you don't need more fluid, most mm. people get IVs because having those IV fluids really Back helps the, the body. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting because I remember one time that I was feeling a little weird and the first thing they asked me was go to the bathroom and look at the urine and see if it's dark. And I was like, well, what does that have to do with anything? And now yes. I understand it. It's it's telling you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. There are things you can look at. Look at your urine. Um, see, does your mouth feel dry? Yeah. These simple cues that you can detect if you're huh. adequately hydrated or not. Most of us are not drinking enough fluid yeah. throughout the day. And that's something that we all need to be mindful of mm. is really focusing on hydration. Wow. So. How much water should we be drinking? They say eight, eight ounce glasses at least. That's 64 ounces throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And mostly water would be best. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have a coffee or a tea. (laughs) But that takes away from No no soda, no diet drinks. Stick to water. Water is is best for hydration for your body. That's what your body needs is that water. For heat exhaustion, the treatment is a little bit more. So with heat exhaustion, you're going to sit down and drink some fluid, of course, but try to cool down mm-hmm. you can cool yourself down by loosening up your clothes. Maybe if okay. you have a long sleeve shirt on or long pants on, take those off and let your body, that helps your body cool down mm-hmm. because any article of clothing on top of the skin is going to prevent the heat from, from dissipating from leaving the body. Ah, okay. So a lot of times loosening up clothes or removing clothes and maybe get into a shaded area. Right. For heat does exhaustion. it help to put anything around your neck? It does. Okay. And, and that's when it comes into play with heat stroke. And so heat stroke, you have to act immediately and cool the patient down as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's why any training center, any practice needs to have cooling packs mm-hmm. or cooling blankets or access to ice mm-hmm. where if something happens when you're somebody's exhibiting heat stroke symptoms, you can act immediately and you have those resources in hand. And so putting things on top of the body can help to cool down the peripheral areas of the body, which is helpful for heat exhaustion. Hmm. But heat stroke, you're really hot and yeah. you've got to cool down the core too. And it's going to take longer for ice packs or even an ice bath to cool down the core temperature. And that's why 911 needs to be called. You need to get the paramedics, EMTs involved because they can actually infuse cooled IV fluids. Okay. Oh, wow. So the IV fluids have actually been cooled mm-hmm. to a lower temperature and they're infused into the body and actually mm-hmm. helps to cool down the core pretty quickly. Because ah. that's the goal is to cool down the core pretty quickly. Yeah. So does your heart rate go down or does it go up or it depends depends. so with any kind of like dehydration that's actually one of the signs of dehydration is Mm -hmm. you have an increased heart rate okay and because your body has less blood to get through its circulation and so it's having to pump quicker to get the fluid Ah, trying to get the fluid perfused throughout the entire body so you'll see an increase in heart rate Uh uh-huh okay with any of these dehydration, heat exhaustion, mm-hmm. heat stroke. And again, with the heat stroke, the patient may not be able to tell you Yeah, that they may be unconscious happening. or confused. And so that's why it's important to be mindful of what's going on around you during practices yeah. or during matches and not to make the mistake of thinking yeah. that you're invincible. Yeah, and right. That these that you can push it a little bit longer. <laughs> high 
functioning, very well-trained athletes, this can happen to them. Anybody. It's yeah. not the person who's overweight or deconditioned. Mm-hmm. It can happen to anybody. And I think that's something to stress is to be mindful that this can happen to anyone, even if you're the top mm-hmm. athlete in the, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be humble that, you know, this is a human body. We're not Superman. You know? Exactly. Like, so let's talk about... Um, Electrolytes and, and think that the things that people use, um, like in drinks, I've heard in the past that the, the more sugar it those drinks have, the the more difficult it is for the body to absorb it. That is true. And something that we haven't touched on yet, but that can lead to things like heat exhaustion and heat stroke is a lot of the energy drinks that people may drink mm-hmm. that can overstimulate your body, overcaffeinate your body. And cause some overheating as well. Even some oh. of the like anabolic steroids and things that people yeah. take can be detrimental to cause you to be dehydrated, especially the the energy drinks. Yeah. And yeah. some of the energy pills that people take for performance can actually promote dehydration. Oh my God. Wow. And so making sure that you're not taking those kinds of things, um, you know, trying to just drink water's best. Now, if you're in a very hot environment Mm -hmm. and you need electrolytes and electrolyte water is okay, but it shouldn't be the primary Mm -hmm. source of your hydration. Okay. And again, the sugars, the sugars, artificial flavors, artificial dyes, and a lot of these drinks, like your famous sports drinks, can actually cause more harm in the long run. And you don't want to add a bunch of sh- a lot of these are filtered sugar. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. You you have I used to like you know take a little bit and then put a, pour a bunch of water and I'm like okay I'm done I can't it just you know I'm trying to dilute it and that's not the point. The point is I need something to help me. Exactly, it's the hydration that you want, and so water is best. Electrolyte, you know, drink mm-hmm. every now and then is okay. But try to try to stay away from these sports drinks that are full of sugar yeah. that can affect your glucose metabolism, can affect your pancreas, yeah. you know, can cause you more issues in the long run. You don't want to. What about salt tablets or or the? I've heard that you can take a a big piece of Himalayan salt and then drop it in water. But like, how much salt is enough, and how much is too much? There's actually a lot of good studies coming out about salt, and not like your iodized salt, like your, yeah. you know, table salt that we okay. think, but actually like uh, Celtic sea salt, okay. um, these more natural salts that have natural electrolytes in mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. can actually be helpful. Putting like a, you know, a sprinkle in your water mm. can actually be beneficial and help to replenish some of those electrolytes you may lose, you know, throughout the day mm-hmm. with sweating. And this is good for, for non-athletes or people who aren't you know, high-performing people, yeah. just everyday people right. can benefit from adding salt, a little bit of that Celtic sea salt yeah. to their foods or to their water. Mm-hmm. So there's actually good evidence with that. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Cool. Let's see. Any other important thoughts about heat-related illnesses? Any? Yes. So, you know, it's important to recognize heat-related illnesses in that it can cause a lot of really bad damages to the body. So we're talking about what we call end organ damage. So like kidney damage, liver damage, and the effects can happen for a few days after. Yes. So that's why it's important if someone is experiencing heat stroke symptoms to get them to the hospital so they can be monitored appropriately. Because it's not just about 
fixing the problem then because the effects may be delayed. That is interesting you say that because that reminds me of someone. I used to work at this resort in North Carolina, and it was right on the beach. It, it was always hot. You know, I was there during the summer, and I had a, a, a girl take a lesson from me who basically fainted on the court. And as we were talking, um, you know, they were telling me they were at the beach all day long the day before and the day before that. So I can see how it just compounds. You know, yeah, you might drink later that day, but you're already there by the time you come to the court. You know, it took maybe 10 minutes and I I started seeing what you mentioned in the beginning. This, like, she's acting strange. She's learning her words and... Thank God I was there next to her and I grabbed her when she yes. fell. So Yeah, being you know, being good stewards and, and being good team players and and making sure that we're all safe mm-hmm. in in heat. And it can happen really quickly. It can happen when you're least expecting it. Yeah. So just being mindful, you're trying to stay hydrated, taking breaks. It's interesting. There's actually something called um heat acclimatization, which is actually, it's been studied protocols for getting athletes acclimated to being in the heat. Mm -hmm. The most well-studied sport with this is football. Mm -hmm. So when, especially like high school football, when they're starting training, they start to practice with just the helmet on out in the heat. And then a week later, they'll put the full gear on. And then the week after that, they'll really go full force with it, getting themselves used to the heat. So yeah. if you are a tennis player and you haven't played outside for a while, or mm-hmm. maybe you've taken a break and you're ready to get back out there and get on the courts, be mindful that you may need to acclimate yourself yeah. back up to the heat. We talked about sauna one time, acclimatizing yes. yourself to, to the heat. Exactly. It's the same thing. You need to really be mindful that even though you're a you know, world-class athlete Mm -hmm. or the top of your, you know, fitness peak, the heat can really overtake you and can really Hmm. cause some detrimental effects. So we need to be respectful of that and be mindful that, you know, start slow and acclimate yourself up. Let's talk about temperature and humidity because, you know, they always give you, (laughs) there's 94 degrees today, but with, you know, the humidity and everything, it brings it up to a different type of temperature. So, you might be deceiving yourself if you're looking, oh, it's only 92, I'm going to go play tennis, when it's yes. actually, the humidity makes a huge difference. It's called the the heat index, yeah. and that's really what it feels like outside with this temperature plus the humidity, mm-hmm. and it's that heat index that you really have to be mindful of, because the heat index can be 110, and then outside temperature is only 90, Yeah, but you really need to look at it as, as it's 110 degrees outside, I really need to be mindful, be really hydrated, mm-hmm. maybe start practicing earlier in the day yep. or maybe later in the afternoon, yep. not in the midday when it's going to be most profound. And they have cooling stations in cities when it's the <laughs> high heat, heat index for a reason. Yeah. Because again, this can happen to anyone and it's important to be mindful of heat indexes, be mindful of what's going on that yeah. day with your practicing or matches right. and plan ahead. Hmm. Taking taking off like if you can, like you know, we're in the middle of your match and and your clothes are soaked. 
taking them off and changing them for something that's dry, it helps, right? Definitely. Right. Definitely. And even the process of like removing some articles of clothing, you're releasing some of that heat Mm. naturally because we may be in athletic wear, but there's still some heat that's still held against our skin that's trapped and not able to to dissipate into the air. So, yeah, all these things that the cooling towel helps to peripherally cool you down. Just like when you have a fever, Mm -hmm. um, you put like a cold washcloth Mm -hmm. on your face. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, we could talk forever, (laughs) but we're going to leave it here. Thank you so much for all all your thoughts and all your suggestions. And hopefully we're all going to have, you know, better discipline about the heat. Um, You know, if, if you're in a state like Florida that is seeing temperatures that are crazy, be careful, you know, keep playing tennis, like you said, early or late during the day. So um, just take care of yourself. All right. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you in our next episode. Bye. Bye.